Welcome to Modern Ancestral Mamas, a podcast for mamas created by mamas. We discuss ancestral food, cooking, feeding our families, and holistic living with the everyday modern mom. We are Corey and Christine, two mamas on a mission to nourish our families holistically while keeping it real in today's crazy world. Follow us on this adventure and enjoy the stories and information we share. Today's episode is sponsored by the Nurtured Foundations online course. The Nurtured Foundations course is a podcast style course to teach parents how to start solids with their baby. Are you a parent with a child from zero to 24 months? Well, then this online course is for you. This is a comprehensive course that empowers parents to start solid foods in a confident and safe way and raise adventurous and healthy eaters from the start. We cover topics such as when to start solids, the most nutrient-dense foods to feed your babies, recipes, troubleshooting, how to prevent picky eating, and so much more. If you want information on this course, go to nourishthelittles.com and click on the link Nurtured Foundations online course. You can also find a link to the Nurtured Foundations online course on my Instagram bio. Click on the link and look for Nurtured Foundations online course. Welcome back to Modern Ancestral Mamas. I am joined by my co-host Corey from... Hello guys. Yeah, Corey (laughs) from For Nutrients Sake. And this is Christine from Nourish the Littles. And we are so glad to be back. And we wanted to start another mini series. And this mini series we're thinking is going to be titled How to Choose the Best dot, 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 (laughs) (laughs) X, Y, Z. Okay, so we, we decided that um, we would start with eggs. And part of the reason why we wanted to work on a mini series like that is because in today's modern world, it can be so confusing to figure out what are some of the best food options? Because when you go to the grocery store, um, there's all these marketing tactics that are being used to sell you certain products. And so you'll see on boxes, they'll say things like heart healthy or vegan or gluten-free or low sodium. And it's just, it, it can feel super overwhelming. And so we think it would be great to do a mini series on this. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes related to this little mini series that we're going to do. And so for today, we decided that we were going to cover eggs So today's episode is going to be all about eggs. We're going to be breaking down egg labels. And before we start diving into the episode, we start every Modern Ancestral Mamas episode with a question related to the topic of the show. So, Corey, what is your favorite egg dish? (laughs) Okay, so this is... This is the the funny part, right? I really don't like eggs. Like, not at all. (laughs) Um, And we, you know, 
we have this this homestead that we're trying to build and the and the animals that we have at this point are egg laying chickens and we are getting about 11 eggs a day so we Whoa. we bought extra chickens which is what they tell you to do right that's what everybody says to do because um you're supposed to account for chickens dying right so you're supposed to, we were we were thinking maybe we would want uh, like eight to 10 eggs a day, <laughs> maybe, maybe seven to, to nine. Okay. So we, we buy enough chickens so that that would be our outcome. Turns out we didn't have any die. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is a good thing, I guess, but now we have so many eggs. Um, so I'm on, on this quest to um, find egg recipes that I like and that my kids like, and they're, everybody in my house is kind of at the point where we're like, I don't really want more eggs. Um, okay, long story short, um, <laughs> my favorite way to eat eggs is like ice cream or something like that, like ice cream or chocolate mousse or something along those lines where it doesn't taste eggy. Yeah. Because um, I just Could don't you- like, I don't know what it is. I just don't like the texture. I don't like the smell. I don't like the flavor. None yeah, but if it's cooked into something, will you eat it? Like cake? Right. Or a muffin, I mean, obviously. Or like, um, obviously, ice cream you mentioned. So would you, right. you would eat ice cream, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, okay. I, it's just, if it tastes eggy. So sometimes, or for a while I was making um, Dutch baby pancakes, which is a bunch of eggs, you know, a small amount of flour, some milk, and then, and... Um, my kids like those a lot, but even that to me, unless I'm smothering it, if I smother it with like peanut butter or something, then I can get it down, but I don't love it. And not everything you eat has to be your favorite thing. Like I totally get that. Um, but this is to the point, like my, I just, I I don't like them. Like just really don't. So definitely Um, not a quiche either. No, no. No, I can't. I just. I love this. This is like a fun fact about Corey that I'm not sure a lot of people know. But yeah, so you don't like eggs. Um, mm-hmm. You're in the same camp as my husband. He also hates eggs, but like right. But he passion. likes ice cream. But <laughs> yes, exactly. He likes ice cream, and he'll eat muffins, and he'll eat cake, obviously. So it's he's literally the exact same as you, as long as there's it doesn't have like an eggy texture or flavor. Yeah. He'll, Yes, I'm talking about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got called actually, out. I got called out. Actually, really funny story. So our his cousins invited us over for dinner a couple weeks ago. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And we just always kind of assume that a Sunday afternoon means it's going to be like a grilling meal. Okay. And, you know, we come in and um, they announce that for lunch. Oh, no. <laughs> going to be quiche three quiches and tabbouleh (gasps) salad and and she was i know right or tabbouleh however you say it and she was so proud of her three quiches and honestly they were gorgeous they turned out super well she made the crust herself you know like it was amazing and juan just looked at me and i could tell that he was dying inside and i was just like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do i don't know what to do (laughs) and so the and that's it that's it so like he literally just served himself a mass amount of salad 
And it's very obvious that he didn't serve himself quiche. And then he sits down and my kids are like, dad doesn't like eggs. Oh, no. <laughs> totally ratted him out. She felt horrible. And I, I felt really bad, too. She's like, do you want me to make you something else? And I was like, no, no, no. It's oh. fine. He will survive. <laughs> so it's funny as an adult with, you know, food dislikes, right? Because, like, children can get away with it. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's maybe it wasn't common when we were children, but as I feel like our generation of parents kind of have this, you know, our kids don't have to eat everything that they're served. At least for me, like Mike, I don't care if my kids eat everything at the table. Like, I don't even care if they try everything. Um, but as an adult, like you're expected to just eat it. And and most of the time I will, like most of the time, if I, if, if I was in that situation, I probably would have, I probably would have gotten a strong drink, like not like alcohol. I mean, like, like if I, if there was like iced tea or something, right. That I could have like yeah. chugged afterwards. Yeah, just washed it down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so funny. I just, oh, poor I, one. I yep. feel for him. I know, I know. And you know, it's it's so interesting because I've always had at least one friend in my life that has commiserated with him. There's always, you know, I've had friends sort of like filter in and out throughout your different stages of life. And there's always been one that is like, yeah, I'm just like Juan. I don't like eggs. <laughs> I think that's you, Corey, right now. Oh, good. I'll take that place. <laughs> okay. So you like eggs. I love eggs. Love them. <laughs> All right. Um, so what's your favorite? Probably either a custard or just your classic fried egg. I just, I don't know. There's something so warm and fuzzy feeling about a classic fried egg. I just love it with a little okay. bit of salt. Yeah. Um. So your custard, are you talking about like a sweet custard, like a bone marrow custard type thing or... Like yeah, a, I'd say like a sweet egg custard. I don't think I've actually ever made a savory egg custard. I I've think made that's like, isn't a savory egg custard kind of just like a quiche? Right. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've made tons of quiches and frittatas and I don't know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I was going to ask you, do you put raw egg yolks in your smoothie? Like, can you tell? Yeah. Yeah. hundred oh, percent. Okay. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can be dumping those babies in the smoothie. Yeah. Um, my only problem with that is that I don't then, or I know what to do with them, but it's like doing something then with the whites. Oh, I forgot about the whites. I just feed them to my dogs. I'm like, so I don't like, I don't like saving them. So I'm just like, I'm not even going to bother with this. So I just feed them to the dogs. Do you cook them for your dogs or you just, no, I just give it to them. raw. (laughs) They eat raw dog food. So I'm like, what's the difference? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I always feel bad. Like I feel bad. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, it's half of the food. Why would I throw this away? Um, that's a good point. And I'm also, okay, here's something that I'm not a hundred percent sure on. If you, um, like, cause, cause we know that nature puts things together in nice little packages, right? Like we know that, um, you know, fat soluble, soluble vitamins often come in foods with fat, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, 
if you're throwing out the whites, is it, I mean, and, and that's where, that's where the protein is. Are you then missing something from the yolk? I don't know. Maybe this is like a, that's a good question. A heady question. Yeah. I might have to do some research on that. Yeah. I don't Uh, know. Well, okay. In the case of eating them raw, you, you don't I, want to eat raw, raw exactly. whites. Exactly. Raw whites. Yeah, that's my understanding, which is why I don't keep them. I could keep them and then cook them, but then it just feels it feels like an extra step to me. And at this point, it does. No, I agree with that. So. I usually keep them and then I usually will end up making meringues or macaroons or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, oh. I agree. Now that you think about it, I had a friend, an NTP friend. I might have to ask her for this recipe to put in the show notes. But she used to make a gluten-free like protein bread, like a loaf of bread, and it had tons of egg whites in it. Like um, cloud bread? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really common recipe. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm not – I had not heard of anything like that. Um, oh, this is good to know. Okay, so it's called cloud bread? Yeah, I've never made it, but I've seen it on – the social medias. The social medias. Okay. <laughs> this is good to know. So I'm going to make sure that we put this in. Is it good? Because it always looked like really spongy to me. Yeah. It looks so spongy. It looks like an angel cake, food right? Cake. Yeah, angel, angel food, food cake. cake. I had never tried it. I never tasted it. Oh, okay. I'm curious about that. Yeah. But she would she would actually use it as like sandwich bread. Oh, yeah? And it had enough structure? Yes. Huh. I know. So All right. Somebody's going to have to tell us. Yep. Yeah. I was always like, I don't necessarily want to try making that because like, if I end up making it with like, it's got 12 egg yolks or, or whites or something crazy. Yeah. So I never wanted to make it because I always thought that if I had made it and I had used all those egg whites and then I hated it and it didn't get eaten, I would feel like poo. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I yep. would feel like it would be so wasteful. All right. Okay. So um, before we actually dive into more of this episode, I do want to um, put a caveat out here because we're going to be talking a lot about different um, uh, labels and what they mean and all these things. And some of it can sound kind of, um, I don't know. I don't want to say depressing. I'm, what am I trying to say here? Like what we don't want is for this to sound elitist. We don't want for this to sound like if you're not buying your, if you're not, if you don't have your own chickens that, you know, you're raising with the utmost care, then obviously you're not even going to get anything from your eggs. No. Okay. Eggs are still one of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet, no matter where you're getting them from. Like really, even if you're getting those, the white ones in the styrofoam carton, they're still going to be a good source of real food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. I think we just need to make sure we say that before we get anywhere else into this episode. Yeah. And just emphasizing that we can all choose what works best for our families. So we are simply sharing this information and, as the listeners, you guys can, you know, 
take what you want from this and choose and make the choices that work for you guys. Right. I think it's really important to be informed, you know, to have the knowledge to then be able to make the choices. And if you have knowledge and you can, you know, choose what works best for your family in that time and with your budget, with your resources, with your knowledge, all these things, then, um, you know, then you, then you have the power and you're not giving the power over to the marketing companies or, um, you know, whoever is making people spend money. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Take back your power people. Yep. All right, let's go. So we wanted to actually start with some of the basics of just talking about the nutritional aspect of eggs and giving you guys a breakdown on why they are so nutrient dense. Um, and I mean, it, to give you guys an idea, eggs are, it is the number one food recommended by the Weston A. Price Foundation for babies. So this is you know, one of the most nutrient-dense foods you can eat. But so basically, eggs contain all nine essential amino acids. And for those that are not familiar, their proteins are made up of amino acids. And there are three different types of amino acids. There is essential, and there's non-essential, and then there's conditional. And essential means that our body cannot make it. And we need to obtain it from our diet, so from the food that we eat. And there are nine essential amino acids, and we absolutely need these to be able to survive. And so eggs contain all nine of those. And another reason why eggs are amazing is because they are a fabulous source of protein. So one whole egg contains about six to seven grams of protein and five grams of fat which about 1.5% of that is saturated fat and cholesterol. And we're going to talk about. I'm going to say pause on that and just like, these are not bad things. Yes. I was, don't worry. (laughs) Okay. We're getting there. Yeah. So eggs have been demonized for so long because they supposedly raise cholesterol. And we are not going to discuss cholesterol in this episode um, because that could be an entire podcast episode of itself. But I am going to leave you guys with a resource called The Big Fat Surprise by Nina uh, Teicholz. I'm not sure if I said her name correctly. But if you want to read more about why cholesterol is not the the demon that it's been uh, touted to be for the past, what is it, like 50 years or something? Even longer? Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely, I highly recommend reading that book. Um. And it talks all about cholesterol and fat and stuff like that. But so eggs, they do have cholesterol in them and they do have saturated fat in them. And the reason why is because in order to absorb the nutrients, the fat-soluble vitamins in the egg, so the fat-soluble vitamins are A, D, E, and K, they are fat-soluble which means you need fat to be able to absorb them. And so the egg naturally has fat in it to help your body absorb those nutrients. Um, They are also loaded with B vitamins and the minerals iron and phosphorus and potassium and calcium. 
They are famously known for containing choline, which is a nutrient that's found in all of the cells of our body and in our brains. This is one of those nutrients that is especially important for growing babies and children. It helps with brain development. And so feeding eggs to your kids as, you know, as many as you want and can is highly recommended. Also um, for pregnancy. Yes, definitely for pregnancy. Yeah, for sure, obviously. Uh, well, so yeah, I mean, this goes back to the protein aspect of it. I mean, if you're looking for when we're pregnant, we need, you know, our protein needs increase. And one of the easiest foods that you can just whip up together is an egg and it'll give you a decent amount of protein, especially if you're eating more than one. Um, oh, right. Okay. And so I thought this was really interesting. Actually, I did not, I had not, I did not know this before, but the reason the egg yolk color is so bright yellow or orange is due to the carotenoids. So there's two carotenoids found in the egg yolk. One of them is called lutein and the other is zeaxanthin. Uh, xanthin. Zeaxanthin. I'm really glad you right. said that because I, I know. Was, I was looking at your notes going, oh man, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that one. <laughs> totally. So that one's a doozy. Um, and so these carotenoids are fat-soluble antioxidant nutrients, and they are much more bioavailable to the body than their plant-based counterparts, which, you know, if you think of like carrots um, and stuff, those that is a vegetable that has carotenoids in it, but those are harder for the body to absorb, break down, digest. So, so is this like vitamin A? Is that... Because isn't vitamin A what why carrots are orange or the that beta carotene can turn into vitamin A in the? Am I thinking this right or no? No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So there is a form of vitamin A in carrots. There are several different forms of vitamin A, and vitamin A can be found in plant foods. And it is a precursor to the preformed vitamin A's, such as retinol um, and the other vitamin A forms. And so an example of that would be beta carotene. Uh, the most common example that we can think of is the carrot. And while, yes, a carrot and other vegetables have vitamin A in it, these are precursors to um, to retinol. And the problem with this form of vitamin A is that there are many different groups of people that have a hard time making that conversion in their body. And so for example, babies and children, the elderly, people with compromised digestive systems, um, anyone who has any genetic, um, genetic diseases or someone who um, is on a lot of medications. Um, there's just a lot of different factors that can interfere with this conversion of beta carotene. Therefore, the plant-based form of vitamin A is actually not the easiest or the best for the body. And this is why in, you know, many nutrition circles, 
They recommend animal forms of vitamin A, such as liver. Liver is the most famous. Um, you know, we're talking about eggs right now. So eggs, uh, the yolks of the eggs have the vitamin A, like we mentioned. And this is a preformed vitamin A, and it's much easier for the body to break down and uh, digest and assimilate. And we could probably do an entire podcast episode on vitamin A, or we probably need to interview some vitamin A experts. Um, but this is just a very superficial discussion in the egg conversation about vitamin A. So, um, uh, these two carotenoids, carotenoids are what makes the yolk so, um, yellowy, orangey, right? However, we do want to bust a myth on, um, on egg yolk colors. Okay. So for a while, um, I believed up until recently that, um, the color of a yolk kind of indicated the nutrition, um, quality of the egg. Right. And I think most people probably believe this at some point because, you know, you've seen those pictures on online where there's a, oh, this is my store-bought egg. Look at how light yellow it is. And then it's next to their their homegrown egg and it's dark and it's, um, you know, really orangey. Um, and that's supposed to be the showing that the nutritional quality of their homegrown egg is better. Now, here's the thing. Um, you can... Um, manipulate the color of your egg yolks as a chicken egg grower, uh, farmer, I don't know, whatever you want to say, um, by diet, right? So ideally your chickens are eating grass and bugs and things like that. And that's, what's helping them get that nice, rich color. However, you can also supplement feed them things like marigolds and, um, other yellowy sort of, um, plants, and this will also deepen the color of the egg yolks. So instead of looking at the um, color of the egg yolks, Christine, how can we determine the um, quality of the egg just by looking at it without any other knowledge? Yeah. I th so, so I've had several farmers tell me that it's more important to look at the, the shell so how hard the shell is, um, I think also how smooth it is, and then the egg white itself. And the way that the yolk like sits up in the egg white. <laughs> so the strength of the shell, the structure of the white, that's a much better indicator of the quality of the egg than just going off of the egg yolk color. Because yeah, there's like you said, there's lots of things that farmers can feed their chickens to make it a brighter color. I'm trying mm. to think what one of the, because I did have a farmer tell me I, it was a spice. I think it was either. Oh, turmeric. Right. Yeah. It might've been turmeric. It might've been, I don't remember it now off the top of my head, but yeah, he basically was like, Oh no, 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 no. Just because you see an orange yolk doesn't mean that that's a more nutritious egg there. The right. farmers are totally supplementing and he he did say like he he said it wasn't most of the things that they're supplementing their chickens with to make these orange yolk colors 
It's not that like their chemicals or their right. food dyes or anything. They're natural derivatives. Like you said, marigold. I'm pretty sure there's spice, spice options. It doesn't add any nutritional value. Apparently it's just because the consumer believes that the orange egg yolk means a more nutritious egg. And right. so they do it for, you know, to sell, to please the consumer because that's what the market is asking for. Right. So this is why it's actually really important to have these kinds of conversations and have this knowledge in your pocket because you can be duped. Um, and, and it's not really, you know, a farmer's not necessarily being nefarious with this information. It's just that they, you know, recognize that the consumer wants something. And so then they're going to deliver that. Um, but it's, if, if it's not actually, you know, showing that the chickens are out in the sunshine and eating the green grass and whatever, then it's just, yeah, there are other ways to, to judge the character or the quality of an egg. And, um, I think that's a really important thing that we touch on. So, yeah. Alrighty. Um, okay. So as always, um, our advice is to buy the best that you can afford. And, um, because of that, like, because we want you to have the knowledge to be able to make the best choices, um, we are going to break down some grocery store labels that you will see on egg cartons. Um, let's first, I do want to touch on this really quick, and I know this isn't on our outline, but um, I just want to say really quickly that just because the um, shells are brown does not mean anything, Okay. The, the egg, um, the shell color is determined by the breed of the chicken. It is not determined by anything else. So white eggs could be perfectly, you know, they could be of exact same quality as a brown egg or a blue egg or a green egg or whatever. It has nothing to do with the quality of the egg. It only has to do with the breed of the chicken. Okay. And... We also just wanted to add that the information that we're getting for today's episode, you can actually find on the USDA website. You can look up on the USDA website, the USDA website, all of the different labels for the eggs and what they mean. And as I was perusing, I learned something about egg grades, um, which if you are looking at a conventional egg, Conventional eggs are graded A, double A, triple A, and that's, and it, oh my gosh, it would put you to sleep, but it's like basically talking about (laughs) the size of the eggshell, how smooth the eggshell is, how firm it is, um, and that will determine whether that egg fits into the A grade, the double A grade, or the triple A grade. So I just thought that that was really interesting as well. That is interesting. Hmm. Okay. So first on our list is caged or conventional eggs. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever driven um, by a chicken farm. There's a lot of chicken farms out on the eastern shore of Maryland. And it is uh, relatively depressing. (laughs) to drive by and they smell terrible. Um, So basically what this means, what these 
chickens are, um, what these hens are contained in. Okay. So they're confined to cages with a 67 square inch space each. Um, most of these birds are not able to move. They're not able to really move their wings. Um, they are really just kind of, I mean, contained is the right word, right? Um, they're going to spend their entire lives here. So basically they lay an egg and it just rolls down a ramp and then rolls out. And um, like they're not, they're basically in wire cages um, so that it's, you know, more, it's very, the farmers are able to keep it clean. Um, okay. So they pretty much never are going to see daylight. They're never going to be outside. Their diets are going to consist of corn and or soy. Most of the time, if not all the time, these two crops are genetically modified and um, overly sprayed with pesticides, which don't wash off. Um, and then they're going to be supplemented with vitamins and minerals. Okay. So they are being, you know, kept alive basically with these extra foods. Um, then they're also almost, well, oftentimes they're sick because they're in such tight quarters, not seeing light, you know, not eating great. Um, just like a human would be sick if we were in that situation. Um, but then these birds are usually treated with antibiotics to get over their sickness. Um, I don't, I don't know what the facts are about if that would transfer to the eggs or not. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that that's, I'm sure that it, it's probably out there. We could probably find that information, but we did not. All right. Over 90% of eggs in the U S come from hens that are kept in cages for their entire egg laying lives. So in conventional egg boxes, a chicken doesn't move around. She stands up, she lays down, she eats, she lays eggs. That's it. Um, also, they are oftentimes fed um, the waste of the industrial ag system. So, you know, think about what that means. All right. So I also have a quote from uh, Joel Salatin from his book, Folks, This Ain't Normal, which I have not read, but I, I have, he, there are a bunch of quotes that are really good. And I've heard this one before. Um, okay. So go, this is the quote. Industrial eggs are washed in a chlorine bath. Since the shells are permeable, some of that chlorine enters the egg. This is standard food safety protocol. In fact, some health department inspectors believe an egg not washed in chlorine is not fit for human consumption. <sighs> I think that quote is very appropriate in his book, Folks, This Ain't Normal. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read that book? I haven't read it yet. No, my mom has read it and she absolutely loved it. Yeah, I need to read it. Yeah. His book about, um, or his, the marvelous pigness of pigs. He talks about, um, chickens in that one too. And I mean, the picture that he paints is fairly horrific. Um, yeah, it like kept me up a little bit at night. <laughs> yeah. So when I was doing research for this episode, I man, you can like really go down rabbit holes, but I found, um, some information that actually was showing pictures of conventional hen houses mm -hmm. and also, f uh, free range 
chicken houses. And one of the things that it said was the majority of the eggs produced in the U.S. are only produced in a few states. And so Texas is one of them. Um, there's tons of conventional hen houses in Texas. Um, I, I can't remember what the other states were, but I obviously like paid attention in Texas. I think Pennsylvania was another one. Um, and it was showing the pictures and it was talking about the manure because I was really curious to learn what happens to all of this chicken waste. So think of a massive warehouse and these chickens are lined up from like one end of the warehouse all the way to the other end of the warehouse and stacked like three high, um, and kept in these like tiny little boxes and the, their manure falls down into almost like a, um, like a tray of sorts. And then that, that like rotates off onto a conveyor belt and can be removed. And I was at least happy to see that it is reused. So it's not being thrown anywhere. It is often being dried and then being used on agricultural fields for fertilizer. So I'm really glad to see that, to be honest. Um, but it, it was pretty hard to look at these pictures of the conditions that these animals are in. Um, so, I yeah, I'm guessing just most normal grocery stores carry conventional eggs. Um, and like, yeah. Anyway, I just want to share that. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you're going to the grocery store, um, you know, most, so the little one that's right by our house, this, this is the only option of eggs. They only have, um, conventional, there's no other option for eggs. Um, now if you go into town a little bit, um, you know, go to a Publix rather than the locally owned place, they will have some other options. Um, so let's get into some of these other um, labelings of egg cartons. All right. So what does, let's go cage-free next. All right. So um, uh, cage-free means that not, that, that the hens are not in egg boxes. So like that's what those cages are called in the other ones. Um, they're in a barn. So they don't have cages, um, essentially can be just a barn. Um, and you know, and then there's no cage, but it still could be that there's a bajillion chickens stuffed into a small area, um, with no sunlight, with, um, no grass. A lot of times they're on concrete, um, and they're not necessarily, able to act like chickens, like a normal chicken would. And they're generally being fed that same corn, soy, um, maybe peanut, um, uh, feed situation. So they're still not, you know, eating a normal chicken diet. Um, and there are, there are regulations determining how much space a chicken needs to have for this to be able to call, yes, be able yes. to, Yes, called. exactly. Okay. Yes. All right. On, on, yeah. So on the USDA website, it'll tell you, for example, conventional eggs, they get 67 square inch 
Um, they have to have that much space. They have to have space that much space in their cage. Yeah. And I believe, uh, yes. And for cage free and free range, there's also regulations on how much space they are supposed to get for it to be labeled in that manner. So for free range, it's essentially the exact same as cage free, except they have access to the outdoors. And so this is where I think maybe what you were saying comes into play. There is no specific details of what that can look like. So for free range, um, it's so basically it's poorly regulated and often a farmer could just cut a window or door into a space or leave a door open. And that means that they can use the term free range then. Um, so the outside pen is usually, it's just dirt or sometimes it's cement, sometimes it's grass. Um, and free range chickens are allotted less than two square feet per hen. So this is where we're talking about like the USDA has certain uh, guidelines that they put up. And so for the eggs to be considered free range, the chicken has to have a minimum of square feet two sorry, two square feet per hen. And they have to have quote unquote access to the outdoors, but the access to the outdoors could look like a window or, um, they've just opened up the door to the barn. Um, and I thought that this was really interesting because I was talking about this with one of my farmer farmers. And he was saying that just because a chicken has access to the outdoors does not mean that they will actually go outdoors, especially if their laying box and their food and their water is indoors. They're, they're pretty skittish animals and they're also, um, social obviously. So like if the majority of the hens are inside, they're not going to be venturing out into the, um, the dirt space or whatever it is of their own accord. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this happens even with our chickens in our, in our yard. Like if, if the majority of them are inside their structure, then almost all of them will go, you know, they'll join up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And he was saying like that they, they obviously prefer to be safe. They are easy targets. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I think it's important to note here that just because it says it's free range, does not mean that your chicken actually was free range on like a pasture or, um, or scratched in the dirt or something like that. And, and I mean, he also emphasized that free range does not mean that they have access to grass. It is, you know, nine times out of 10, it's just dirt. It's, it's the same dirt. It's not like the hen house is rotating or moving to fresh patches of dirt or grass. And a lot of times it's concrete. Um, so that doesn't mean much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. So the next label that we're going to talk about is it's not necessarily a USDA label, but it is often used as a marketing term on egg boxes. So on egg cartons, I should say, this is something that um, will be put on the egg carton 
thinking that consumers will want to see this and will purchase it because it says this next term <laughs> that Corey's going to talk about. Yeah. So this one is this one. Like once you know, it, it'll drive you crazy every time you see it because like you just want to scream at the box and say, this is not normal. <laughs> um, okay. So this one is, if anybody hasn't already guessed it, vegetarian fed. Guys, chickens are not vegetarians. They're not. They're omnivores. They need to eat bugs and little snakes and frogs and lizards and um, anything that they can get their hands on. I mean, they'll eat a mouse if they can, if they can, if one comes into their area. Um, they will happily eat uh, meat scraps, um, organ meats, if they can, if you've, you know, have the access to those things, um, or if they have the access to those things. Um, and they, if you think about it, they need, laying hens need a lot of protein, right? Like as a, as a woman, if you're pregnant, you need more protein to grow a baby. Eggs are basically growing a baby every day. Okay. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> um, so they need a lot of protein and to get enough protein from, um, from corn and soy is going to be difficult. This is one thing that I read in Salatin's book in um, Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. The chickens um, in, you know, the conventional chickens are because they're laying so much and they are um, not being fed as well, their bodies wear out faster. And so these chickens um, die a lot quicker than a chicken um, who is fed a omnivorous diet and um, given more, you know, healthy environments. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm telling you, I read that in Joel's book. I haven't looked it up myself, but um, okay. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. I think if you see a label that touts a vegetarian fed chicken, and actually for the record, if you see a label that touts a vegetarian fed chicken or turkey or pig, mm -hmm. put the package down. It's, mm -hmm. it's not, that's not one that you want to purchase because those animals are not vegetarian. And in order to keep them healthy, they would have had to have been fed a mixture of other foods and grains that are probably not best for the animal. So they can eat grains. They can eat vegetables and fruits and things. Right. Um, they're not car They're not carnivores, yeah. but they are omnivores. And so they do their natural diet is um, a mixture of these, of animal foods and um, plant-based foods. Yeah. Uh, That's a great point. I okay. Like I um, I'm curious what, like the, um, there are a couple of, of egg brands that I've seen in regular grocery stores that are, that tout having pasture raised. I know this one was brought up by my farmer when I talked to him about it. I think I okay. know which one you're going to 
you're going to mention? I, I wasn't necessarily going to call them out. Um, okay. But they, I would say that I'm this, curious about it. Yeah. So this farm, actually, they are based in Austin, Texas, and they have the majority of their products in most grocery stores. What he told me was that they are similar to a conventional farm. So the majority of these chickens are just like cage-free hens. Um, Some of them are free range, but I don't, it didn't sound like they were pastured the way, you know, we would ideally want a chicken to be. Okay. So I thought that that was very interesting. Um, and, and within that particular company, there are tons of different categories and of labels on their cartons. So I don't know. It might be interesting to have them on and just like talk to them about, about it. Well, I heard them. I, they were on sustainable dish a while ago, like a long time ago. Yeah. You're right. Um, and, and I had bought their products at that point. Um, but I just, was, yeah, I wasn't sure. Cause there was, then there was this whole scandal about like, Oh, well they give their chickens marigold petals, you know, to make their, their yolks, um, yellow. And that, while that sounds scandalous, you know, as you've already learned in this show, it's not as scandalous as you think it is. Um, so then I was, you know, wondering if there was, cause a lot of times in the, in the crunchy community, there can be a lot of uproar about things that are really not a big deal. Like, no, that's actually really normal and like healthy for the animal or for the situation. Um, but it sounds bad, you know, like, Oh, they give them marigold. Um, so I just didn't know if it was an actual thing that was a, an issue or if it was just something that somebody had said and then somebody said, Oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. Um, so, all right. That's interesting. Yeah. It would be cool to have them on. Um, okay. So another thing is that, um, about the diet, uh, is corn and soy, right? So we, uh, a lot of people in the um, Weston A. Price Foundation community are sensitive to corn, sensitive to soy. And if they eat eggs from chickens that have been fed these things, then um, they themselves react. So it's not what you eat, it's what you eat eats, you know? Um, so a lot of people are kind of searching for um, eggs from chickens that have not been fed corn and have not been fed soy. I can tell you that it is very difficult, very, very difficult to find um, organic feed without corn and without soy. It is slightly easier to find it without soy, um, but to find it without corn is very difficult. Um, we have to travel at least an hour each way to be able to get, um, feed for our hens. And when we had the meat birds too, it was, it's just, it's very difficult. It's easier in some parts of the country, but at least where we live, it's, it's much harder. Um, so if that's, you know, something that you're interested in finding that is, is difficult for the farmer, but also, 
it is, it's difficult for the consumer to find eggs that, that are raised that way. Yeah, that's what several of my farmers here in Texas have said. They've said that there's actually, I think, only like three places that sell organic corn and soy-free feed. And in Texas have, or just yeah, in the No, whole in, te- in Texas, in Texas. And one of them is in Austin, which is, you know, semi-close to Dallas. Um, but that's a pretty far drive for a farmer to have to go and get that type of feed. Um, so this... One one farmer um, here that I spoke with talked about how they had to settle for peanut meal because they couldn't find a feed that, you know, they wanted an organic feed. And so they've, they have one that has corn and peanut meal. Um, and that was like the best that they could do. But it was interesting because he talked a lot about how the what we what you feed the chicken obviously impacts their omega 3 to omega 6 ratio and so when chickens are fed corn and soy apparently it increases their omega 6s which are more inflammatory and when you feed them the corn and the peanut it increases the omega 3s which are anti-inflammatory so he did some research into it, and that's kind of like why they decided to stick with feeding the corn and peanut meal. But it's important to know that what the chicken eats is going to affect the nutrients in the egg. And if you have access to a farmer and you can ask these questions, this is the kind of stuff you want to ask. You want to know, what are you feeding your chickens? You want to know if they have access to the outdoors, um, stuff like that. Right. So, okay. We had discussed vegetarian feed. Okay. Now we're going to talk about organic eggs. And just because it's organic does not mean that it is the end all be all gold standard. Um, Per the USDA, what an organic egg means is that this, the chickens were generally raised the same as the conventional birds, but they're not treated with antibiotics or hormones. And the feed that they receive is organic. So that means whatever they're eating has not been sprayed with conventional pesticides or fertilizers. Um, And, you know, their access to the outdoors can be iffy or questionable. So yes, while it is, you know, it might be slightly better to get an organic egg, it's still not the best option. Um, and this is where we come down to the best option if that's a possibility for you, which is pasture raised. And so basically what a pasture raised egg means or what that means is that these are chickens that have no confinement within a barn. They are ideally moved frequently depending on the topography and the climate. Uh, they're in these like mobile hen houses where they are eating in one location for a day and then they're moved to another location to fresh fresh pasture so that they have new access to bugs and you know animals and stuff. And basically they have access to grass and sunlight all day. And and I think that even within pasture raised, there's different levels of eggs because you can have pasture raised chickens that are getting conventional feed 
and that's okay. Um, they're still outside in the sun exhibiting their natural behaviors. And then, like we said, you can have pasture raised hens that are getting maybe an organic feed that has no soy, but it has corn in it. Or maybe they are getting an organic feed that has no corn and no soy in it. Um, it, it just all depends on the farmer. It depends on what they have access to. It depends on also what they can afford because these, these cleaner feed options are more expensive for the farmer, which means they're going to have to mark up their egg prices even higher for the consumer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so again, you know, this kind of goes back to where we, what we talked about at the beginning, where if you can't afford to pay $7 a carton for eggs or $8 a carton for eggs, then go for what you can afford because you can still find really good quality eggs for five or $6 a carton. Um, I think this goes back to our conversation about food family or family food values. You know, that episode that we did a little bit back, this is where it comes down to, um, you know, you have to make your, your choices. Like what is important to you? Is it important to you to have a soy free corn free egg, but not necessarily important that the chickens are outside on pasture? Okay, great. Um, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to do what Christine and I would do, you know, it's make the choices for your family and, and be cool with it. Um, okay. Cool with it. Be cool with it. (laughs) Somebody asked me a question on Instagram today and they were like, oh my gosh, you know, fretting about some new label on something. And they're like, I just can't decide, you know, is it better for me to buy this or is it better for me to buy that? And I was like, dude, you got to just make a choice and, and, and roll with it. Like, I mean, at some point, you know, we're all doing the best that we can and it, it, we just, we're all where at where we're at. I don't know. Be cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to talk about greenwashing? Yeah, definitely go into that. Okay. So this is a term that was relatively new to me. I think I heard it for the first time um, when the White Oak Pastures guy was on Rogan um, talking about greenwashing at Whole Foods. Um, Okay, so greenwashing is uh, a form of advertising or marketing where they spin um, kind of PR, okay, and they kind of use deceptive language to persuade the public that that a product um, or policy or whatever is environmentally friendly or, or sustainable or, um, you know, good for the animals. Um, So this could look like um, pictures of chickens out on pasture and they look beautiful, but, you know, maybe that's just a few of their chickens and not really their whole operation. Um, Or it, can be terms like cage free or um, past or not pasture sorry free range because those sound really nice right um, but they may not necessarily mean what we think they mean um, so be aware I guess of those of greenwashing do you have something you're gonna say 
No, yeah, that it applies to so many products in the grocery store. Yeah. I mean, even just the packaging itself. Like if you notice when you go to the grocery store and you're looking at the eggs, you know, the egg section, there are the eggs that are in that pink styrofoam carton. And then there are the eggs that are in these kind of nicer looking um, cardboard cartons with the picture of the, of the um, chicken on pasture or even just a drawing of the chicken in front of a barn with the, with the sun and the grass. And, Oh, I keep knocking my night mic. Um, anyway, I think it is very easy to be duped by these things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So don't I feel agree. bad if you have been, but also be vigilant. Yeah. Corey, tell us about mm-hmm. raising your own backyard laying hens. Okay. So I know a lot of people have chickens. Um, and a lot of people, um, there's a lot of different ways to have your own hens. And, um, things like free range usually mean something very different when you just have a couple of hens. You know, this is usually something that people think of, like you just open the door and the, and the hens just go out and, and roam around the, the whole property. Um, or in my old neighborhood or my next door neighbor had, had chickens and she would let them out and they literally would roam the entire neighborhood, like the entire neighborhood. Um, and they would just go back at night and be happy in their little coop. Um, but they didn't stay in the coop and they didn't even stay in her yard. They mostly stayed in my yard. Um, <laughs> tell me more about that one, Corey. <laughs> they just, they're no, like their kidding, favorite kidding. dust bath spot was in my front garden. No, <laughs> it's hilarious. I gave up, I gave up gardening up there because I was like, whatever, the chickens are gonna, that's their spot. But I will say that the, um, the bugs in my house, you know, ants and stuff that would come in in the house went down significantly when my neighbor got chickens. So, oh. perk. Um, so our chickens are in what is called a paddock system. So they're not free range. They're not allowed to just go all over the place, partly because there are lots of predators where we live. Um, partly because I have a garden that is not fenced. (laughs) Uh, and, um, partly because we did not want them to just go all over. Now, technically they can fly out of the fence and they do sometimes, but um, mostly they are contained within a um, uh, electric fence and they have a chicken tractor that we move around in within that fence. So we can move the fence itself and create new pasture for them. Mm-hmm. And we can move the tractor within the paddock. So we're moving them Because like Christine said, they don't really go far beyond their um, house, whatever that is. And that's even within, usually not even within 10 feet. Like they're usually about a 10 foot radius around the, 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 our chicken tractor. Um, Now, maybe if they're going, obviously my neighbors went all around the neighborhood. So that's potentially not true for all chickens, but that's true for mine. Um, 
So uh, the reason we decided to do that was that we can, we can move them to new pasture and rotate them through new pastures, but we also are not doing it every day. Um, so it's a little slightly less work for us um, and still gives them plenty of green grass and bugs and sunshine and fresh areas to dust bathe in and everything. Um, otherwise, lots of times people have um, mobile chicken tractors that they're moving every day. So they just, they're on wheels and you just kind of pull them. And so then, you know, the chickens got get however many square feet one day. And then the next day they're pulled forward and they get the next square footage amount. And then that, so they kind of are making a progression down a field or a yard or whatever. Um, so anyway, I think if you are allowed to have chickens, they're a fantastic, um, animal to have to kind of help with sustainability and quality control and whatever. And, um, uh, okay. We're going to, this is maybe like our quoting Joel, Joel Saladin post or episode, but he said something that has gone, um, it's kind of one of those reels, you know, sound bites, but it's fantastic. So he was on Rogan and um, I'm just going to read the, what he said because it is really interesting. So this is, quote, a city in Belgium offered three chickens per household to anybody that wanted a chicken. They had 2,000 families raise their hand and say, yep, I'll take three chickens. So they got 6,000 chickens, distributed them throughout the city. First month, it dropped 100 tons of food waste to the landfill. So not only did they eliminate the f- landfill waste, all these people now suddenly had chickens. And Pat's, whoever Pat is, Pat's done the math on this and sh- and shows that if one in three households had enough chickens to eat their chicken scraps, chi- sorry, kitchen scraps, um, there would not be an egg industry in the United States. It would be completely non-essential. So that's what Joel Salatin said. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that mind-blowing? Wait, so if we each had our own chicken, there would be... You're saying there would be no egg industry. There would be no need for it. Right. And and then he's also saying that the landfill waste went down because the chickens were mm-hmm. eating the kitchen scraps. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was wow. one of the reasons I wanted chickens so badly. <laughs> Not only for the eggs, but also that we would have some way to kind of recycle our kitchen scraps. Um, Do you feed a lot of your kitchen scraps to the chickens? Oh, all the time, all the time. And, and it makes me feel less bad about not finishing things. You know, like if my kid doesn't finish whatever their sandwich or something, we just throw it in the chicken box and then take it out to the chickens. Mm. It's not a big deal. Like if we have, I made coconut macarons the other day because I had a bunch of egg whites left over and it's very humid here in Georgia, obviously. Um, and they just kind of got way too soft and smushy. You know, they just didn't taste good anymore. And after after just a couple hours, truly, it wasn't even that long. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. Chickens are getting coconut for dinner. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. um, and they eat, I mean, they'll eat everything we put out there. There's a couple things they're not supposed to eat, but okay, you just... You know, it's, it's, 
simple things. Like you don't, you're not supposed to give them chocolate or. Okay. I feel like that's kind of obvious. Right. Yeah. Like (laughs) pretty, I mean, pretty obvious egg. Apparently um, you don't give them onion skins because that will taint the flavor of the eggs. Hmm. Okay. Um, you might have to do it a few times just for an experiment to see. I don't know. Mm-mm. But you would nope. know because you don't taste the egg. I wouldn't know. <laughs> That's so true. So never mind. Don't do that. Um, I, I also wanted to say that, I mean, really, almost anyone can get a chicken. Uh, well, I yeah. shouldn't say almost anyone. but Almost. Because if you live in an apartment, obviously you can't. But most. No, but peep, there are, um, you can have quail. In a par- some apartments, like you can be sneaky I with do quail. Not, not sneaky. Sorry, that. like I had yeah. quail last summer. They did are- you? Yes, I yes I babysat the school's quail. Oh right, that's yes. right. I don't recommend it if you have dogs. It was kind of <sighs> a headache. Um, we did have one dog like bite a quail leg, and there was blood, and it was a little oh bit traumatic. Oh my gosh. Um, and they are messy as all get out. And I know chickens are like that too. Um, I feel like it, it would be less messy if the chickens could be in grass. Although I do know they destroy your grass. So like whatever area you have them in, they completely destroy. Um, what was I going to say here? Oh, that, yeah. I mean, if you live in a suburb, most suburbs wherever you live, if you have a backyard that's big enough. Oh my gosh, this darn dog. Um, <laughs> so random. We have, we have a fireplace that looks into the master bedroom and the office. And she goes through the fireplace to get into the master bedroom, knocking over oh, all of the logs. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Okay. Um, I got distracted by that guy. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. So yeah. So the fascinating part about this, right. Is that, um, it all, all Joel Salatin suggests is that one in three households. So it doesn't have to be everybody, just one in three households. Um, if you have a backyard, if you're have, if you are able to keep chickens, that it would reduce the, um, or, or even completely wipe out the egg industry in the U S. Um, is just fascinating. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of wiping out industries, but, um, <laughs> you know, if, if this, it, I don't know, it sounds like a really, it's, it's intriguing. It's an intriguing idea from Joel Salatin. Yeah. Um, and obviously if you're doing that, then you have full control over what it is. And the other thing I wanted to say about chickens, about backyard chickens or your own raising your own chickens, um, it is much less work than maybe you would think it is. Like it's really not a lot of um, effort. Mm. I mean, especially if you can automate it. Like we have to go out and open and close the coop um, in the morning and in the evening. But uh, if you can get like an automated door that you can, that'll just, you know, open with the sun or whatever and close with the sun what do you need that for? That's what, that's what kids are for. (laughs) The problem is, problem is with with ours anyway, is that the, the chickens go to bed after the kids go to bed because they put themselves to bed. The chickens do not the children, obviously. Um, (laughs) 
Dang it. Uh, I wish. Children can't <laughs> learn something from the chickens. Yeah, right. Um, but, the, but you know, the chickens are in bed after the children are in bed. So. Okay. That's what about in the morning? Option. Can they at least open it in the morning? Yeah, except that my kids don't get up before the chickens get up. So then Ron, oh. our rooster, is out there like crowing like a madman mm. saying, please let me and my ladies out. Yeah. And and my children are still in bed with no cares in the world to the, to that rooster <laughs> crowing. They don't wake up by the rooster? No. Oh, that's so no. funny. You've got no. Yeah. He's not inside our house. It's not like you can hear him, but he's not that loud. If you're okay. outside, it's very obvious. But. Okay. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be enough to hear. Like, I'm not sure he would wake me up if I was dead asleep. If I slept like a child, I'm not sure he would wake me up. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that's actually everything that we wanted to share in the egg episode. Is there anything else that we wanted to... Oh, okay. Wait, I did have one question for you because I know that we have talked about this um, or I know in our kind of group chat with Nina and Sloan, we've talked about this where people use eggshells to make protein powder. Have you ever seen, you've seen this, right? What do you think? Yeah, I have. Um, I've never done it before, but yeah. So I think what you do is you take the eggshells, you dry them and then yeah. you pulverize them and you can add it to like smoothies and stuff. Um, Do you think it's a good idea? I don't know. I've never done it. I've, yeah, I think so. I think I've seen another chapter leader do that and she feeds it to her pets. Okay. All right. So she feeds I know you can, to her pets. You can do that and feed them back to your chickens because. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we feed our chickens, um, uh, oyster shells, you know, ground up oyster shells to give them enough calcium to build the eggshells. Yeah. But you can do the same thing with their, with their chicken, um, egg shell with the leftover eggshells. I don't do it because it just seems like another step and I just don't have time for all that. But, um, I was curious. I do sometimes add chicken, um, eggshells to bone broth. Um, Oh yeah. I think I've seen you do that. I've, I've never done that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Again, yeah. I, I, feel I like don't know what to say about that. It's just like guessing. Yeah. I have no comment on that one. <laughs> All right. Then we've got nothing else to add. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. If you guys have, Oh, this is what I was gonna, I was going to say, I forgot to mention this. If you guys have any ideas for this mini series that we're doing, please feel free to send us a DM or you can leave us a review as well and say, Hey, we really want you to talk about X, Y, Z. Um, so within the topic of how to choose the best, if you have any ideas and you want us, if there's something you want us to talk about, send it to us. We're all ears. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll add it to our spreadsheet. And Corey, tell me, why why do we want people to write us a review? Because <laughs> um, it makes us feel happy? No. Okay. So the deal is <laughs> with, um, with iTunes, with those other um, 
platforms where you get podcasts, the more ratings and reviews, the more good ratings and reviews a a podcast has, um, the more likely it is that other people will see it. So it will be suggested more to other people. So the more that that um, that there are ratings and reviews on a, on a show, or yeah, I don't think you leave it on episodes. You leave it on a on a whole show. Um, then it can the algorithm boosts it to, so that other people can see it when they're searching things. And same, it's not the same, but if you um, put it on, you know, your social media or whatever, tag us. We'll share it back. If hopefully sometimes we miss it because sometimes we don't always check the, the, um, ma'am Instagram, but we try to, um, awesome. Well, there you go. You heard it. This is why it's important. (laughs) (laughs) So if you feel so inspired and called to leave us a rating or review, please do. And if you, would rather just send us a DM. Definitely. That works too. We love hearing from you guys and we are so grateful for your support. So I think that's it. It's our bedtime now. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right, guys, go to bed, have some eggs for breakfast. (laughs) That's a great note to end on. Okay. (laughs) Or maybe have some for a midnight snack. Okay. We're done. We're making bad jokes now. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Modern Ancestral Mamas. Check out the show notes for the resources. You can find Christine on Instagram at NourishTheLittles and online at NourishTheLittles.com. You can find Corey on Instagram at for nutrient sake and online at fornutrientsake.com. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Ancestral Mamas. The information contained in this show is for informational purposes only. It should not be intended as medical advice and should not replace your relationship with your healthcare practitioner.